Hey guys, real quick break. Wanted to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place. The cool thing is it's actually for free, which you can use right from your phone, your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll also distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard everywhere from Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more. Easily make money from your podcast. No minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Quick shout out to our sponsors, Anglesey Family Chiropractic. He is in Coeur d'Alene and Spokane Valley. Dr. Anglesey is amazing. I've known him for 30 plus years. He helped me to get feeling great after not seeing a chiropractor ever in my life. He was the first one I saw and I am feeling great because of him. Go check him out. Anglesey Family Chiropractic. Taigatu Clothing Company. It's a lifestyle brand based out here in the Pacific Northwest, owned and operated by two brothers. I love this brand because they started in their garage as a hobby and they've blown this thing up. Look, their motto is freedom from ordinary. I definitely recommend you go check out Taigatu Clothing Company. Rewebbed Inc. It's a family and veteran owned full service digital agency. I've been working with these guys for a while and there's a few things that I can tell you about them. They're very trustworthy, they're transparent, and they're honest. They're on this mission to help small businesses grow and get modern without losing the value that actually built those businesses. They're definitely worth your time. Go check them out, rewebbed.com. You're a husband, a father, coach, entrepreneur, tons more. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I appreciate it. Oh, I love it, Eric. Thanks for asking me. I'd like to start my show back at the beginning. Where'd you grow up? What was childhood like for you? I grew up in, I was born in Philadelphia. Okay. And, uh, my folks moved out west when I was a baby. So I grew up in Spokane, Washington. Nice. And uh, yeah, childhood things. I'm one of six kids. I'm the oldest of six, and I have five sisters. It's kind of a unique phenomena. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the Northwest. Uh, uh, did my undergrad in Montana. Love that state. Uh, moved to Seattle for, I know I worked overseas in an orphanage for a bit. Um, you know, lived in Seattle, did my graduate school in Colorado, but probably about Seven years ago, my yeah, seven years ago, my wife and I moved from Colorado back up to Coeur d'Alene to raise our family here. So, okay. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned, you've completed a BA, you've completed an HA program there at Notre Dame. You have an MMA, or excuse me, an MA uh, with an emphasis on meditation and mindfulness. You're also a licensed yeah. uh, therapist and counselor. It's a long yeah. time to be in school. Was that always the plan that you had in mind? No, man, I uh. Well, I got my undergrad and then um, I was actually, I first started in a doctor of naturopathic medical school in Seattle and, okay. um, and uh, I did two years of that program and I, and I loved it, loved the, I was, so their naturopathic doctors are licensed in about, I think it's 16 states now to practice as a primary care provider. Okay. Uh, so I, but I got clear that, you know, my heart was really in psychotherapy counseling more than anything. So I transferred, I left that program. And then I got a three-year master's in counseling psychology, was the degree in Colorado. And gotcha. the school I went to had an emphasis on um, kind of an East meets West approach to counseling. So I really was attracted to, they had a, a big, strong emphasis on meditation, mindfulness, and, and you know, witnessing the mind. And, and, and I was really curious about what impact those sorts of tools or perspectives would lend. Yeah. So yeah, and then I... I was, I got my license in Colorado, so I'm not licensed as a therapist here in Idaho, um, but I did it. It takes about 2000 hours to get licensed there after you graduate. And then I ran a private practice for about six years there. Um, 
and kind of the short version of how it ended, ended up to, to where I am now, I, we decided to move back to Coeur d'Alene to raise our family and you know, prayed about it. And it just felt like the right thing to do. We, um, and so I closed my counseling practice and I got, uh, I'm a franchise over owner of two local magazines. Yeah. So, and I'm still, I love those. I'm running those here in Coeur d'Alene and, um, in that company into publishing, we, uh, an opportunity. I was asked to be on our leadership team. So uh, because of my counseling and background, so I did like five years of coaching internally in our company gotcha. and then uh, stepped down or I, I decided not to apply for a leadership opportunity and said, open my own local. Well, now I'm doing remote coaching too with clients because of the COVID thing, but uh, right. Code. So I coach, so I pull on my therapy background, but I'm not, I'm, I'm, I, I'm mainly doing life business coaching. Is the gotcha. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Now you mentioned you, you are coaching people remote and in person. Obviously, it's COVID throwing a little things in there, but uh, you coach people on personal business relationships. Uh, what can folks expect to experience when they go through your coaching program? Well, that's a great question. Um, yeah, that is a great question. So, I mean, when people work with any coach, they kind of they're taking a leap of faith that um, that it's going to be worth the investment. And yeah. they have to trust this person they don't maybe know very well. So um, in terms of what, what can they expect to experience? I would answer that in two parts. Like so much of the power of coaching is in the listener. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, you could go, uh, you could with an ordinary reason, like an honest, you want someone of goodwill, someone of integrity. So if you just pick just a coach with some, you know, they're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have our flaws, but pick someone of goodwill. And if you go into that coaching experience with serious commitment and you take a stand that on the other end of this, I'm going to create this or break through this or up level this or heal this. That's the power, man. So every coach, yeah. if they're honest, knows that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess people who work, I, I, most clients work with me in a longer term commitment over the course of a year. 13 months. Yeah. I do have like, I'll do like uh, 20 hour packages. Even now I'm wrapping up. Well, I'm not wrapping up, but I'm halfway through. And that, that client's already talking about just rolling into another 20. So um, it's hard to answer because people seek out coaching for all different intentions. And yeah, I mean, the broad answer would be the hope would be coaching will diminish suffering or, or help you remove your inner impediments to expressing what's most dear to you in your life. And, yeah. uh, and you will, you will observe the fruit of the work over time. Yep. And that's how, you know, if you're with the right coach after a few months, you're going to recognize internal growth and, and you'll be making actions in your life and you'll be able to link those decisions to the process. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, uh, yeah. How I show up is very much dictated on who I'm with, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I, you know how it is like when you're, if you're mentoring like a young man, your manner of being and what you say, what comes out of you will be very different than if you were, you know, mentoring someone who's older than you and you'd say your faith community and they're coming to you, Eric, for counsel. Right. Just right. the way you show up and contextualize things is totally different. So, Yeah. I don't know oh, that's your question. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, last year you gave away a full year of coaching, which most people don't do. That's quite a bit of money that you could have earned had you charged yeah, that yeah. person. Yeah. Why why did you decide to do that? 
well, um, two reasons. One, I have a, well, how would I put this? Like, it's a mixed reason of, it's altruistic and pra pragmatic from a marketing standpoint. So sure. the altruistic side is I really, I really live, I aspire to live my life like this, this way and, and trusting this. And, you know, sometimes I really trust it. Other times I'm not, but um, my, I aspire to be the kind of person that like, if I just focus on giving, contributing, the future's handled. Yeah. And I just know that, like, it's just handled. And, and you know, and if you're a faithful person, the, the mystery of in God's providence or however you contextualize the how of it, I just know that if I just focus on pouring forth and giving, uh, the future's handled. And then I also knew, you know, from a savvy marketing standpoint that that would draw attention like, hey, this guy's asking for, for and I love that, that client it is awesome. We've actually shot some videos and, uh, and I decided it was kind of pre-COVID. We're going to swing around. We probably do it at year's end. Okay. But yeah, he, uh, so he's weekly. It's serious commitment. He drives like an hour and a half to see me weekly. He's, uh, he owns the construction company and it is, I can't, you know, I can't own the fruits of it's his work. Like I said, he's the listener and brings it, but dude, it's bearing fruit all over the place in his life. Like, yeah. Uh, and so I love seeing them and I, I show up just the same as my paying clients. Like it doesn't, um, so I'm, I mean, I, I just trust it. So it was, it was out of like, I thought it was a good, like if I'm going to launch a business, I'm going to launch with true giving. Yeah. No gimmicky. Cause he, I treat him as exquisitely as any client. And, uh, but I also knew it'd be, it would grab attention in the marketplace. Like, Oh wow. Who's this guy? And he's right. doing that. So it was both. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. On top of doing everything, you kind of mentioned this earlier, you are the owner of two local magazines, Be Local and CDA Real Producers. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know what those are, what are those magazines about? Well, the, the uh, Coeur Real Producers, um, that brand franchise, we're in probably like 120 cities. And uh, what we do in markets, so our company, we only print magazines if they... Um, Print, niche print media is actually growing considerably. So okay. uh, with digital exploding, and we do have digital components to both platforms, but we only print something if it reaches a hard to reach demographic, if the content is uber relevant to the demographic and it's valuable to businesses. So mm. the, the real producers one, it, um, <clears throat> it reaches the top three to 500 of real estate agents in metro areas across America. Okay. And, uh, and what it does is it connects those top real estate agents with one another. They're, it's like a whole community in real estate. They know one another. They're in competition with one another. They're friends with one another. And so it really elevates and connects them socially. And it's an incredible vehicle. There's tons of businesses that one busy real estate agent can, can make or break a lender. Like if you talk to any lender, they usually will have three or four busy real estate agents. And that's their whole book of business. That's it. That's where most of it comes from. Wow. So there's home inspectors, builders, like realtors are probably one of the most top realtors are one of the most influential people in a city because their clients are always like, Hey, who do you, where do I get my haircut? Who do you recommend for, who do you, you know, they just do their, their whole business is based on relationship and trust and being Mr. Or Mrs. Value adder. Yeah. And um, so we've created a vehicle to connect them uh, where they, they love to build relationships and get to know one another. And then, um, our business partners benefit from building relationships with these people. So um, then our be local one, uh, the company, that one, it was, it's a really innovative way to reach um, one of the most valuable 
demographics for any local business is the new mover, new resident demographic because right. they, uh, you know, they, uh, they need new dentists. They, they don't have word of mouth relationships in the market. They're eager to understand. And, you know, it takes like five years to figure out where, where, where's the best place to go fish. You know what I mean? Like, where do you, all the insider knowledge. So we try to curate that insider perspective of what, what, what do locals do on 4th of July? They don't go downtown Port Lane. They, they go elsewhere. So, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, where, what are the, what's the local way of life? And then, um, and the way that group's been traditionally marketed to is like door hangers or promotional kind of coupon stuff, junk mailing. So we've put this curated, beautiful platform together where a new resident gets here and they love it. They keep that magazine for like a year and they engage our platform. And that just helps like local businesses that, um, and we know which businesses are kind of a fit because we're a franchise. We can see nationally like, wow, landscapers do well in this or dentists do well in this, but I would never, a dentist would never partner with us with the real estate one. You know what I mean? It's just, sure. it's a niche uh, concept basically. Yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah, it's awesome. fun. It, it's a fun way to meet tons of great people in the community, you know? So. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of morning routines. Helps me kind of get my day going right. What's your morning routine look like? Uh, great question. Lately, um, I, I, I have, I'm operating from a 90 day commitment. So I've, I've been musing about writing a book for a long time. Okay. So I'm in the middle, I created a little Facebook group for this. There's like a handful of people following me along on this, but, um, I created a commitment to where from 5am to 6:30am, I'm working on a book. So uh, I just blocked that time. And, um, so yeah, uh, typically prior to that, I like to get in my office about five. So I could describe that routine a bit, but my general routine is, um, I, so I have a remodeled office above our garage. I leave our house, come up here. Um, I usually I'll read some scripture, um, uh, different kind of contemplative spiritual readings. And then I just kind of pray and be quiet. And then, um, and then I'll grab a journal and I'll, and I'll just sort of open myself and try to discern, you know, God's will for me for the day or just, and, uh, I listen and I'll, I'll scratch thoughts that come to me down. And yeah. I, I always like to start at that quiet level. Then I like to, uh, after that, prior to this book thing, um, I would go usually by six or I go walk the dog and then, um, and then I come into our house at about seven and then, you know, I, three boys, six and under. So it's crazy and loud. And then I, <laughs> yeah. I do the dad thing. And then, uh, I try to get in my office by, you know, eight 30 or whatever, but, um, eight, eight 30. So that's, but right now that I've, I've, I've given, I still read scripture and do my reflection. And then, but the last 60 of the 90 minutes I'm writing or working on a book. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then I, I work out, I get, so I like to walk in the morning. I don't, and then, uh, right before dinner, I do like a quick kind of high intensity fitness workout. It's my, where I fit that part in, in terms, nice. of, a, in terms of a habit, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, obviously with COVID, it's kind of put a halt to a lot of events and projects and, and things in the area, but what projects are you working on and, and what's the plan for the rest of the year? Obviously you're working on this book, but is there anything else you got coming up? Yeah. Uh, professionally, I, I, um, I've been nibbling on Facebook about interest for, uh, an online, uh, I'm excited about this. So I've been working on this book and related to the book, I'm, I'm basically trying to discern like, what are the fundamental distinctions and principles that really, so I have clients as a coach, my function is to be of service to the client, right? So I, uh, if I have, um, 
you know, I don't have at the moment, but if, let's say I had a Jewish client, he would, he or she would walk out of, out of coaching, uh, being a fuller embodiment of their faith, let's say. So, um, or of a Christian client. So, um, I was, I w I've been looking, all my clients are so different. Like they're what they want to accomplish their businesses, their personal beliefs. Um, most of them I would say are like sort of Judeo Christian worldview, but you know, like they're pretty wide. And I'm like, what are the four to five key principles and distinctions that really make a difference for people and across the board? So I'm putting together next week, uh, those will probably be after this drops, but um, I'm gonna start to roll these out more frequently. I think I'll, you know, repeat this. I haven't, you know, I don't know when people are gonna hear, hear our interview, but um, I'm doing a, uh, like a free 60 to 90 minute online class about those distinctions and principles. My goal is just to like, Again, like the original thing with giving away coaching, it's just, it's also business and altruistic. Like, I love it. I love being forced to articulate. Like, okay, what is it really communicated? Just hearing these ideas and, and distinctions, people can grab something and apply. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, I'm sure a percentage of those people are going to be like, hey, what, what is it like to coach with you? And I'll probably book, you know, a lot of people will just organically reach out to me to schedule a prospective meeting. And then out of those, a percentage of those will become clients. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then apart from that, I've, for COVID, I've done a lot of uh, clearing a lot of brush on my property. I, I built a, uh, a little pistol shooting range. I don't even, I'm not a big, I don't shoot much, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I, I have a couple pistols, a little 22 rifle and it's going to be an archery thing for the kids. So I had my men's group, we came over the other day and uh, it was fun. I, built a little gravel platform and it's right by our house in kind of the woods and the trees. And, and so that was a project just to clear brush for like a month and a half. I was, you know, yeah. So yeah I was like, well, I'll be productive and, um, you know, just be a pack mule for two months, you know? So, right. Yeah. Oh, that's so rad. I love, I, you actually uh, posted that on social media. I saw it was kind of the freedom post. Everyone was just shooting guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing post. Love it. It looks awesome. <laughs> it was fun. I, I get I'm a little provocative. I'm sure it, it, it prods those who don't like guns or that sure. kind of stuff. I'm, I'm sort of prodding people, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to do a transition to some fun questions here real quick. Yeah. I have these things that are called pod decks. They're essentially just random questions for us podcasters. And uh, yeah. some are pretty fun, some are flops. So we'll see. Hopefully we get a good one here. We'll see what yeah, this one yeah. says. This is a good one. What do you consider your greatest achievement? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say the first thought I, I, I thought was just my family and, um, you know, uh, having the courage to get married <laughs> and, yeah. then, uh, and then, uh, you know, I'm 45 and, um, so we got a late start with kids. We had a miscarriage early and then I went through this indecisive phase and then, uh, but really got clear that we wanted children. So just to, just, I would say my family, um, I, they're, they're my number one and like, um, you know, money comes and goes and conveniences come and go. But I would say while I fall short, my, my way of being my time and the way the structure, the way, um, we, we raise our children, prioritize them. And I would say that's my, so far, you know, they're too young to have like, you know, screwed up their life. So I can't say, <laughs> I won't, I'm, I'm, I'm not culpable. You know, they're in God, God made them their God's problem, <laughs> but I mean, sure. <laughs> but I'll do, 
I will do my part to nudge them into the world to be loving, uh, courageous men, you know? So, but I would say my family is the first thing that came to my mind. Like just to, you know, I think this goes unnoticed in the world, like in terms of success, because if, you know, just an ordinary guy living with reasonable integrity, loving his family to me is a remarkable, extraordinary thing. I think, um, there was some poet or write, writer said like something like that, like the most, the most beautiful, extraordinary thing in the world is an ordinary man and woman raising their children. Like something, there's something, just to get your life in order enough to pull that off reasonably well, it takes right. so much of you. Yeah, <laughs> so like, totally. you know, yeah. and it doesn't get any airtime. It's nothing glamorous, I, you know, but it, it's tough to be a human and do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, my wife and I, we both came from, you know, crazy broken ha homes and, and yeah. both of our parents been multiple divorced, you know, and, you know, we just celebrated 15 years of being married this year. Oh, and, awesome. Same uh, here. We're, we're know, going to celebrate 15 this year. That's awesome. Eric. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's been a fun journey for sure to kind of break those chains of divorce oh, yeah. and addictions and abuse yeah. that we grew you up shared, with. You know? Yeah. You shared a snippet of your, a broader stroke of your background story. It is remarkable. I mean, that's miraculous that where you were and what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. What's a better achievement, you know? Right. So, yeah. yeah. It's been fun. Uh, nice transition to the next question. Uh, what's the best part about being a dad? Oh, man. Well, um, I mean, just uh, being, well, the love in it, like, um, it, it opens up me to, a, um, it, it is revealed to me that there pre-exists, and this is actually a coaching distinction in my online class, I'll, I'll tell, I'll, I'll cast it in that light. Yeah. Um, I, I operate from one premise, well, several premises, but one key premise is that my clients already have within them all the love, courage, and willingness they, they're seeking to develop. So it's, and that, if you really get the pragmatics of that, like, it's not something people have to go develop and seek. And so like, like if you're, if you're a reasonably loving parent and you're a kid or even a stranger's kid is like about to walk in the traffic and you see a truck coming in an instant, most people would dive to knock that kid out of the way and risk their own life in an instant. Yeah. So it's not already pre-existing in them is like a, a depth of love. They'd lay down their life, right? Mm. Like it's there. And yeah. um, now, now people's faith and orientation, how they contextualize the source of that, whether that's the presence of Christ in them and like that gives them that. Um, I respect however that occurs to somebody, but the basic thing. So yeah, as a dad, I, it has opened me up to like a, a depth of love and willingness. And, um, and it also, I think being a dad, ha I don't think I could grow spiritually as a man or just be a better man having not been a father. And I don't disparage people who aren't um, parents because life, life demands of you growth. So people... Yeah. I really think whether it's the Holy Spirit or the way, the way life works in people that life will demand growth. But in my personal life, like the best part about being a father is it, um, it's a constant mirror in front of me to, to uh, examine who, the kind of man I am and, and what I'm imparting and who I'm being to them. So it's like a constant pressure container, but and then there's always the there's a there's a willingness that comes up to shoulder things or move forward or have courage or get over myself and stop beating myself up out of that love. So and I just love them. I mean, it, they're delight. It, yeah. It's a delight. It's just a delight to be with your children. It's just 
and it's it's just a delight like it's just a delight i think men and women just men and women who love each other just delight in it like look at them <laughs> you know right. it's, so it's it's, it's <laughs> own reward you know so yep yeah. absolutely now i know you have a lot of chickens uh you have a dog how many chickens do you have and do you have any other animals besides the chickens and the yeah, dog yeah we had we had a uh, we had like 16, 17 this winter. Now we're down to seven because uh, oh coyotes got some. I got some video of bald eagles getting some. Right. Um, yeah, but we're going to get some chickens actually from Rathroom. We're going to pick some up baby chicks. Uh, but yeah, okay. so we got chickens. We have a dog, our first little pet. He's he's going on 12, beautiful dog. We, wow. we, have, one, we have one kitty at the moment. So that's our pet life. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Last question for you. What's a favorite type of music or, or favorite band that you like to listen to? Um, my favorite music is Arvo Pert. So okay. it's A-R-V-O-P-A-R-T. I forget, like, there's a little, uh, uh, what's his original, that Slovenian little thing. But he uh, he's the most played mod living composer of our time. And um, he 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 innovated this um, uh, this way. It's like he composes symphonies and things, and and they're very contemplative and beautiful and exquisitely quiet. And if anybody listens to this, here's my gift to you. <laughs> like if you really want to like <laughs> like dwell in beauty, he uh, his Google the name of the song. It's about ten minutes. It's Spiegel. I think it's I don't know if it's German or it's Spiegel M Spiegel. So that's S P I E G E L and then I am, space I am, S-P-I-E-G-E-L. It's just a violin and like a bit of piano for 10 minutes. Okay. And it, it, it's so exquisitely beautiful. So I, I like to listen to things like that that put me into a peaceful place and stuff. And then I like, you know, good things with a good beat, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm an, I'm a, I was born in 74. I like, I have a, I'm a fan of late 70s, early 80s music. You know? Okay, yep. Right on. Sunny day in your car kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, such an honor to have you on my show, man. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love it. what you got going on, man. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Way to jam on this, so congrats. Hey, thanks for watching the show today. I really appreciate it. Hey, if this show moved you or made an impact on you or inspired or motivated you, that's my goal. Please go leave us a review and a rating wherever you heard or watched this show. Leave a comment. I'll respond to all of the comments. I'm so grateful for you. Please go share this video as well. Thank you again for your time. Have a great day.